Hello, this is Bill Lytell for a little more wisdom for your walk. appreciate you people who've been listening so faithfully through the uh, couple years that we've been doing this. Uh, there are some weeks we're having over 400 people listen to this and be encouraged by it and educated by it and strengthened by it. I hope you're one of them. hope you pass the word out. The only way this thing gets uh, out is by you telling other people to listen to it, helping them find it and know about it. And if you want to do that for for the cause of Christ and for the kingdom, it'd be a great thing. Tell as many people as you can, share it with them. If they like it, they'll continue to listen to some over, now over 125 different subjects that I've been able to place on here. I'm at the end of my ministry, obviously, the end of my life. And so I'm giving, before I go on to heaven, some of the things that God's taught me, some important things that God's taught me through preaching all these years, some 46 years now preaching, and then ministering as senior pastor over 30 years now, assistant pastor and other pastors, uh, I had 15 years. And so putting that all together and reading the Bible and studying it and pursuing God, I hope I've been able to come up with some uh, encouragement for you out of the Bible. Today I want to talk about 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. Therefore, therefore if any man be in Christ... He is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Um, You may or may not be with the the phrase of sanctification. It's a fancy term theologically for to be set apart. It's it's being set apart in two directions. Being set apart away from sins, your old sin life, your old sin buddies, your old sin ways, and then being set apart to God and being given his righteousness, that's justification. And sanctification is becoming man, being made in the image of Christ day by day. When a person gets saved, it basically is an exchange. Christ died so that I could live. Christ paid for my sins so that I could have freedom from my sin and from the wrath that sin incurred from God. Uh, Christ exchanged his life for my life. That's what that really is about. If any man be in Christ, he's a new new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. I want to talk to you about five areas that we're going to, that God, actually six areas that God has uh, exchanged in our, should be at least exchanged in our life. And I'm just going to give verses uh, after I mention these to help you uh, with them to see that they're biblical. The first thing that gets exchanged is we have exchanged values. In Philippians chapter 3, verse 7 and 8, But what things were gained to me, those I counted loss for Christ. Yea, doubtless I count all things but loss, for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and do count them but dung, that I may win Christ when you get born from above and God gets a hold of your life, you realize the eternal things as opposed to the temporal things. You're more than willing to exchange what you may have gained in this life for what you can gain in the other life, in the, in the eternal life, in, in the other, other world-mindedness, as it's called. And our values completely change and go to heavenly values, biblical values, away from worldly values, sensual values. The second thing that exchanges is we have an exchange righteousness. In Philippians 3.9, 
and be found in him, not having mine own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith. There in verse 9 it says, you've been given something that you did not deserve, and you've been, and, and you've been saved from something you did deserve. I've been saved from hell, I did deserve that. I've been given the righteousness of Christ. I have, do not deserve and did not deserve that. And so we're found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is of the law, that's of works, that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith. The third exchange thing is exchanged identification. That's found in verses 10 through 12 of Philippians chapter 3. That I may know him and the power of his resurrection, the fellowship of his suffering be made conformable unto his death. Wow. If by any means I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead, not as though I had already obtained, either were already perfect, but I follow after, that if I may apprehend for that which I also I am apprehended of Christ. <clears throat> what is he saying there? He's changed when you come to know Christ, you change IDs. He takes your ID, you take his ID. I'm an ambassador for Christ now. I walk around as an ambassador for Christ as though God did beseech you by me. Be reconciled of God. That's what Paul said. So we go around telling people, hey, look, Jesus saved. Jesus saved. He saved me. And we change our identification. We identify now with him. Paul said it so clearly in verse 10 that I may know him, the power of his resurrection, the fellowship of his suffering, being made conformable unto his death. He doesn't get any greater than that. He said, whatever Christ went through, I want to go through. Whatever Christ did, I want to do. Uh, he was rejected by the world. I'm going to be rejected by the world. If you're a friend of the world, the Bible says you're an enemy of God. Well, that sets it up. The fourth exchange thing is exchange goals. And that's in verse 13. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth into those things which are before. One thing that saddens me as I see people saved and trust Christ is that they do not exchange their goals. They try to keep the same goals that they had before they were saved. Uh, when I got born again, uh, before I got right with God, if I should say, I, my goal was to go to a secular college party and then be a real estate guy. My mom and dad's real estate in Michigan, Indiana, buy homes, possess some things, own some things, raise a family and live happily ever after. God got a hold of me at 18 years old, and I gave him everything I had to give that wasn't much. First thing he did was change my goal for a school. I went to Bob Jones University, of all places, the most fundamental Bible-believing school of the time in 1970. And I went to Bob Jones University, where they had rules and regs, and they taught. They were called the Little West Point. They taught you discipline when they told you when to get up, when to go to bed. The courses were real deal. It wasn't fake. You had to be there. You had to attend every day. You couldn't just come in for the midterms and the final like in secular universities. You had to be there. You had to read the book. You had to be accountable. You had to do homework. The courses we took at Bob Jones, we learned something. Paul says, I count not myself to have apprehended, verse 13 there in Philippians. This one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind, I reach, reach, that stretch, under those things which are before, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. We have new goals. 
Fifthly, we have exchanged individuality. That's really verses 15 through 19 of chapter 3 of Philippians. We, change it, we exchange our, our individuality, and uh, we, we become part of a team. And never, it says in verse 16, Nevertheless, where two we have already attained, let us walk by the same rule, let us mind the same things. Brethren, let be followers together of me, and mark them which walk so as ye have for an example. And, and so, so he talks about being a team and joining together and being one-minded. I joined the local church. The local church is God's avenue, God's method of reaching the lost for Christ. Now, you can try to do it yourself, and you can do it individually, but you will fail because God's method was a God-called pastor, God-called deacons, anointed, spirit-filled men to lead the local church, to do missions programs, send out people into the world and preach the gospel to every creature, to visit their own neighborhoods, to reach their own neighborhoods for Christ, bus ministries, calling, edification, teaching, discipleship, all of it. All of it is through the local church. If you're saved, not a member, an active, good member of a local church, you can't be right with God. You just can't. It's just God's way of reaching the world. Now look, not every local church, in fact, there's no local church perfect. They have their flaws, but you find one, you be part of the team, you be an asset, you be a, a part of the people who make that thing happen, and, and you make your individuality go away and make it a team. We're part of the team of the Lord Jesus Christ to reach the world for Christ. We have exchanged individuality. The last thing, the sixth one, is we have exchanged hope, verse 20. For our conversation is in heaven, from whence also we look for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Our hope now is in heaven. I mean, I, I would, I'm a Republican by choice, uh, by conviction, by conservative thought. But yet at the same token, the, um, my hope for saving this world is not in the Republican Party. My hope for saving this world is in the Lord Jesus Christ in the local church. And I know from the Bible the world's not going to be saved, ultimately. Uh, just a, a small group. Because Jesus said straight is the way, narrow is the way, it leads to life. And a small group is going to be saved compared to the world's population. I'm just happy to be part of that group. I want to do what Jesus said and go into the world and preach the gospel to every creature. They all got to know. They all should hear. Everybody should get a chance. And I have an exchanged hope. My hope is building nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. We, so we have an exchange value. This is all found in, in uh, Philippians chapter 3 there. We have an exchange values. We have exchange righteousness. We have exchange identification. We have exchange goals. We have exchange individuality. And we have an exchanged hope. Have you exchanged your life for Jesus' life? Now, that doesn't mean you can't be a dentist or a doctor or a veterinarian or a lawyer or an entrepreneur or work for somebody by the hour, or, or by wages, or work for Home Depot or Lowe's, or be a manager of Home Depot ultimately, or Lowe's, or any of those places. Uh, you, can't, you can be an accountant, you can be a plumber, you can be an electrician, you can be in construction, and still be, be all of these seven things, be all these six things that you can be for Christ. Not seven, but six things you can be for Christ. You can have every one of them. But your ultimate life is not going to be those occupations. Those, though you're going to give yourself to those occupations, obviously, as you work an eight-hour day, give a guy a 10-hour day, give a fair amount of work for fair wages, you're going to do that. 
but really you're working for the Lord Jesus Christ. We shouldn't, we shouldn't work as unto, unto men. We should work as unto the Lord, the Bible says. When I'm working for them, I'm really working for Jesus. I want to do the best job possible and be a testimony for him. I hope this helps you. We have an exchanged life by the grace of God through his Holy Spirit. And if you're not exchanging, if your life looks more like the world, smells more like the world than it does of the things of God, you can change. You can come back home. You can ask God to forgive you and get right back on track. May this help you with a little wisdom for your walk.